We're going to be in Romans chapter 1, Romans chapter 1 tonight, and uh, we're continuing here the series in the book of Romans, and uh, we're in some pretty heavy stuff, and as we finish this, this chapter, we'll be moving on uh, to some other things here in Romans chapter 2, and it's, it's going to get a little more upbeat and a lot more victory as we're going to see uh, before too long, but we got to understand why we needed Jesus, and we needed his blood, and we're looking here um, at the wrath of God, and tonight, uh, the rebellion of man and, and the results of man's rebellion. And uh, as we look here and think about what's going on, Paul wrote there that the church of Rome, because he wanted to, and he really wanted to go there, he wanted to reach people, his desire, his prayer to God was that God would one day let him go, and we understand he did, but as he's writing there to the church of Rome, a great work was happening, a great church was being built in that society uh, that was wicked in Rome, pagan beliefs, uh, pagan activities, a lot of sinfulness, a lot of wickedness, a lot of horrible things were happening, and Paul was revealing under the inspiration of God exactly why those things were happening and what the result of those things were if, if it is allowed in a life. And uh, let's stand together as you look here in Romans chapter 1, and we're going to finish the chapter tonight, beginning there in verse 24. It says, wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts, to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie, and worshiped and served the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. For this cause God gave them up into vile affections, for even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another. Men with men working that which is unseemly and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meet. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. Being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceitfulness, malignity, whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful, who knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. Look tonight here, finishing up this chapter on the results of man's rebellion. The results of man's rebellion. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. God, we thank you, Lord, for the privilege that it is to be in church. And Lord, we thank you for, Lord, every part of your inspired word. Lord, we're here in Romans tonight and looking at the sinful nature of man and, and the results of continuing in sin and where that can lead a person. And God, I pray tonight that you'd be with me as I preach. I pray, Lord, that I preach your word, your message. God, I pray that as we receive it tonight, we'd be able to apply it. Lord, take these warnings and, and what we find here to, to help us, God, and also to, uh, Lord, fire us up, God, to spread your gospel, or the blood of Jesus is the only thing that can help this sinful world. Lord, bless us tonight, we ask in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. So I've driven around West Texas, I've seen a lot of cattle ranches, and every once in a while, we look here even to the fields next to us, some cows may wander and get a little bit lost, and as you drive on these country highways, you'll see a lot of instances like that, and you could go ask a rancher uh, how that happens, and how a cow could, that's supposed to be on a ranch miles away ends up 
just walking in the middle of some road that it's not supposed to be on and they'll tell you something like this well the cow will start nibbling on a piece of grass and when it finishes that grass it'll look ahead and it'll see another piece of grass not too far away and it'll walk to that one and and nibble there and when it finishes there it'll it'll look and find another patch of grass in a distance and walk towards that and eat it then when that's over it'll see another patch of grass in a distance by a hole in a fence and it'll go and eat that patch of grass and over to the side, they'll see another patch of grass and walk over there and, and eat that. And the next thing you know, the cow has nibbled itself into being lost. And that is what sin does. It causes a person to move from one spot of activity to another, never noticing how far from home and from what God intended for that person from the, and, and the truth of God's word and how they've managed to end up where they are. We're still dealing here tonight with the theme of God's divine wrath against sin. And in this passage, we see the results of man's rebellion against God told in very clear language and and, in very descriptive language as we read. But three times as we look here, we find a similar phrase beginning there in verse 24, God also gave them up. Verse 26, God gave them up. Verse 28, God gave them over. And we understand tonight that God is long-suffering, God is loving. But there's also a limit to the long-suffering of of God. There's not a limit to his love, but there's a limit to his long-suffering with man and with sin. And when a man makes a choice to abandon God, God will eventually make a choice to abandon that man. And we're surrounded by millions of people tonight who've been abandoned to a lifestyle that they've chosen over God. And when sin is chosen over God, we're going to find that people are capable of any sin imaginable. As we look at the result of man's rebellion, we see first of all the details of their rebellion there in verse 24. There's many sinful choices that are made and and we read there in the text, God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts, to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. So man has chosen God because sin is bound up in the heart of man. We understand tonight, even as Christians, we have a sinful nature, and there's, there's, there's part of our sinful nature that wants to please self. And we begin reading here, and, and, and we can look in, in Matthew chapter 15, just write it down in, in verse uh, 18, it says, but those things which proceed out of the mouth come forth from the heart, and they defile the man. And what comes out of the heart, there in verse 19 of Matthew 15, it says, for out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts false witness, blasphemies, these are the things which defile a man. So the natural man, or the old nature, the sinful nature will always choose sin over the will of God, the word of God, and the purpose of God for God's creation. Man is a sinner. And there's nothing that can fix that and nothing that can can help be, deliver anyone from that except for the blood of Jesus Christ. And, and as we go through Romans, we're going to get to that point uh, in not, not too long from now. But as we look tonight, we see the fall of man. And the more a man seeks to honor himself by exalting his will or his desires over the will of God, the more dishonorable that man's actions become. And when he chooses sin over a relationship with God, that sinful nature will grow more and more corrupt. You know, as we look in, in, the, in the Bible, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 22, it says that you put off 
concerning the former conversation, the old man, which is corrupt according to deceitful lust. Our old nature is corrupt. And that whole character representing the former self is not only corrupt, it will become more and more corrupt without God in in that life, without the blood of Jesus covering those sins, without the Spirit of God dwelling within that person. A person left to sin will just continue to go away in that sin. And a Christian that feeds the sin and a Christian that uh, goes to sin and does not repent of it and does not uh, turn from it will continue to get worse and worse in their life. And as a dead body would continue to decay, so does one that is given over to uncleanness. And it is those sinful choices that we read about in verse 24 that bring sinful changes to that individual. We look there in verse 25, it says, Who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshipped and served the creature more than the creator. Since when man refuses to live by God's law, he creates his own law. When man opposes or denies the word of God, they will choose their own way of living. And that results in that man inventing their own gods, and the chief god usually becomes self. And as this happens, you know, God describes it here as the truth being exchanged for a lie. We can look around tonight and we see a lot of that, don't we? And man at that point has traded that which is living, helpful, and vital for what is dead, harmful, and vain. Why does a man do this? Why does God's creation do this? We read there in the beginning of chapter 1 and not too long ago, we, we understand that man deep down, no matter what they may say or profess, believes and knows God exists. They understand they, there is a greater being. They understand there is a God that created them and there is one that they are to be living for. They know deep down that truth. That's what the word of God tells us. But then as they continue to, to go in sin and as they continue to deny God and go against them, the Bible says professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. Professing themselves to know more than what we find in the word of God. Professing themselves to know a different or better way they become fools. And with that inward knowledge of God, even though they've turned from God, they still have a created desire within them to worship. But if they denied God to worship, that man needs a God to condone that sinful behavior so they go to live for themselves or to glorify self or invent other things in their life to worship. It's where they get to a point, as they read in verse 25, where they serve the creature more than the creator. Sin is self-serving. You look at any sin, it is self-serving. It pleases the flesh. Every sin serves self. Why would a person lie? Because they're trying to protect themselves or get what they want or keep something from happening. Cheating, addictions, lust, all self-serving. Looking to please self over God. So those are the details of it. What is the the object of the rebellion? What, What happens? We look there in verse 26 and we understand because man has chosen sin over God, man is given over to vile affections. So in a person that is given over to vile affections, where does that person go? What is, what is the depths of that? What is the, what, what is the result of that? 
Where can it lead? And as we look at these next two verses here in this text, we, it's really describing the absolute bottom, the depths of sin. And what we look at here in verse 26 and 27 is where societies always end up when they choose their ways over God's ways. We can look in every instance of history. We can look in the word of God. And when we find a, a society that gives self more, uh, a desire to please self above a desire to please God, when they look to their will over God's will, when they com- completely are in the depths of sin, every society ends up in this place. And as we look at what's happening there and what's described there, no doubt what had happened in Rome and what was going on there, we're seeing the same trend before our eyes in the country that we live in tonight. And as we look at verse 26 and 27, we see the vile affection. Paul is describing the sin of homosexuality. It is a sin. And he uses it to picture the absolute depths of, of immorality. You know, the sad thing for us in the, the country that we live in is America is estimated to be about 7% of the population homosexuals. We can go back 10 years, it was 4.5%. Go back 20, it was much lower than that. And it is a sin, it is against the word of God no matter who endorses it or who encourages it. No matter what the government may state about it, no matter what laws could be created, no matter how it's encouraged, no matter what the, the schools may teach, it is a sin. We can look in the Old Testament in the book of Leviticus, it says, Thou shalt not lie with mankind as with womankind. Speaking to the men, it is an abomination. And I, and I want to warn you tonight and encourage you that we cannot accept or tolerate what God calls an abomination. And there's going to be no point in a biblical church where a church can tolerate or accept that sin. You know, Paul continues in verse 26 to describe the the fall of man at this point and to say even their women were involved in this lifestyle and in this change. And we can look throughout human history. The emphasis there is that often women are the last protectors of morality in any society. You know, Paul is describing a people who are totally given up to sinful standards, the sinful way of living. And there are many people fighting this tonight. There's many people standing against it. And we understand when one thing has been tolerated, then it's only going to go further, right? We, we can go back not too many years from now where it was, it was uh, gay marriage that was being proposed and being voted on, and, and now what's the battle beyond that? Transgenderism, getting it into the school systems. And to those people, those those politicians, those uh, people that are actively fighting against those things, we need to pray for them. Those people that are opposing those sins. And as the days go by, the cry will always be for tolerance. But the day is coming that the people who are labeled intolerant will be convicted of a crime. There's initiatives underway that would try to force people from condemning any lifestyle that be a hate crime, and in particular preachers from preaching what the Bible says to this fact and to keep it from being preached about. But I want to tell you tonight, if it's in here, we're going to preach it. 
It's a sad thing tonight to see so many mainline so-called Christian denominations seriously considering accepting, ordaining, or marrying homosexuals. It's contrary to Scripture. There's been groups formed with the purpose of declassifying homosexuality as a sin, basically changing the Bible. We need to, we need to pray, for, pray, against, pray for those things and pray for those fighting against those things and also be willing to not stand on any of that. Changing the truth of God into a lie. They're giving up to vile affections and it, we, as we read it's a consuming decision. It says they're receiving of their er- the, the receiving in themselves that recompense of their error will bring judgment. And when God gives a man up to those lifestyles, that man will find that his attraction to and addiction to his sin will only be stronger and only become worse day by day. The snow and people that has been given over to sin and choosing that over and over again over God, they are consumed by their own lust. Completely overcome by vile affections. And as we understand people that have, at at first there might be a bit of shame involved in that. If it was committed and that shame eventually turns to something that doesn't faze them at all. Just opening the door to being abandoned by God enslaves a man to that sin fully. See the details and the object of man's rebellion, but what is the range of it? What is the scope of it? It says, and God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. Fornication, wickedness. If we took those three things, those could be three different categories of every other sin we're going to find in this list, every sin imaginable. They represented, first of all, covetousness. What is that? The appetite for the things of others. Coveting. Maliciousness, which is ill will or vengeance. Wishing wrong on other people. Wishing ill on other people. Envy. That's the spirit that wants not only the things that other people have, but despises the fact that a person may have them. And it's a spirit that not only wants that thing being taken away from a person, but wants that person that they envy to suffer the loss of those things and to be in pain Because they no longer have it. Murder. The next one's debate. It's a spirit given to fighting. Do we see that anywhere? Deceit. Lying. See a lot of false statements in the world that we live in. A lot of false things being taught. A lot of wrong philosophies. Malignity. That's a spirit of evil, that's an envy and hatred that loves nothing better than destruction of other people or their lives. Whisperers, it's a gossip who seeks to harm someone's reputation. And then it goes from whisperers to backbiters. That is a person that does the things to harm somebody's reputation but doesn't do it in secret. They do it right in front of the person, done in the open. We continue there, haters of God. This is a person who hates the standards and restrictions given by God. Those who are despiteful. A life of of defiance that 
dares anybody, even, even God, to get in the way of what they want to do. And it's a person determined to have their way at, their, at whatever the cost. The proud, that's those who exalt themselves. The boasters, that's a bragger. The person who brags about the sin that they are involved in or, or brags about something. Inventors of evil things, that's a person who's tired of sin as usual and seeks to invent new sins or new pleasures. Disobedient to parents. As we look at our society, we see more and more rebellion and, and more and more lack of honor in families. Without understanding. It's a person who refuses to learn by their experience. They've rejected the truth. They close their eyes and minds to the truth. Covenant breakers. Those people that are untrustworthy. You cannot trust the words of, of those maybe in authority or, or those that people are looking to. Can't depend on them. Without natural affection is another one. That's abnormal affection and love. It's heartless. It's without any human emotion, a lack of feeling for others, a, an abuse of normal affection, saying that's what's wrong, that's what's different. Implaceable. It's a person who is unwilling to make peace or come to an agreement. We see that everywhere. Unmerciful. It is a lack of consideration of feeling for others. It makes when one's own pleasure, one's own desire, one's own rights are more important than the desire of anybody else. That list there, those 23 things, that kind of sums up the world that we live in. A lot of the things we see in our society, a lot of the things we may see happening all around us. And as we go through all this heavy stuff tonight, <laughs> and are reminded of what sin, where sin can take a person, that's, that's heavy stuff. And, there, and there's many people that may say, you know what, maybe we can just kind of skip these things and, and teach people about the love of God or what we are to do for God instead of what we are not to do. I don't, I don't want people hearing these things. I don't want to be reminded of these things. I don't think it's good for children to be, to be hearing about these things. And you know, there was an old preacher that was preaching in Australia, and he was one that always preached very strongly against sin. And after a service one day, one of the men of the church went to talk to him in his office, and he said, Dr. Howard, we don't want you to talk as openly as you do about man's guilt and corruption. Because if our boys and girls hear you discussing that subject, they will more easily become sinners. Please don't speak so plainly about it. That pastor heard what that man was saying, and he sat down there for a minute, and he looked at his, <clears throat> over there in the shelf, and, and there was a, a bottle of strychnine. He picked up that bottle, and he said, look at this, do you see this label here? And, and underneath strychnine, in bold red letters, were the words poison. And he said, do you understand what you are asking me to do? You are suggesting that I change the label. Suppose I do, and I paste over it the essence of peppermint. What do you think would happen? Someone would use it not knowing the danger and would die. And that's the same thing with what we find in the Word of God. If God has given us these instructions, if God has given us these details, it's things every one of us need to be reminded about and need to have an understanding about so we can be protected from those things that are dangerous, not just to us individually, but to the lives of those we love and care about as we train them as God would have us to train them. 
And because we need to be protected against it, we need to understand it so we can confront it and repent of it if necessary. It says in verse 32, who knowing the judgment of God that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only, to do, the, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. As a chapter's closing, it's saying man knows in his heart where sin will lead. But he chooses to sin against his own conscience, against his creator God, and continue in that sinful activity. And not only do that, understanding the end, but also delight in those who participate in the same things. Encouraging each other as they are headed to hell. That's a sad thing. I don't know about you tonight, but as, as I read that and see those details, and as we see all these things listed here, as we're reminded of the world that I live in, it's, it's a heartbreaking thing for us to acknowledge. And I can look at society and the world that I grew up in not very long ago. looks a lot different than what our kids are growing up in, what our grandchildren are growing up in. It's a heartbreaking thing. But it's also a reality of what sin can do to anyone. And as we may look and observe what is going on around us, and it may break our heart, may it encourage and remind us to stand against it, to watch out for it in our life and in our family. Those who reject God will ultimately be rejected by God. There's many people tonight with seared consciences who are closing the door on God speaking to them in their life. And even though he's a God of love, even though he's a God of mercy, even though he's a God of grace, even though he's long-suffering, he is holy, he is just, and he is the great judge. And there is a price to pay for rejecting him. There's a species of ant in Africa that builds its colonies and, and nests in deep underground tunnels, and it's it is in those tunnels that the queen lives. And even though these ants could be a, a great ways away from the queen, there's something created in them that if the queen is attacked, they will become nervous and uncoordinated. And as this happens, they, if they are killed, they become frantic and they rush around aimlessly, running in circles or, or going to places that they, that they eventually die or, or be eaten up until that moment of death. You know, that's an illustration tonight of a person who has rejected God in their life. The people that have been given over to reparate mine are those, those people that are deep in sin and, and on their way to that point in their life are unable to find direction and peace apart from a relationship with God. And what do they do? They rush around aimlessly. Doing a lot of things that do not make sense. Fighting for things that, that mean nothing in the cause of eternity. So we're going to preach against it. We're going to pray for it. We're going to pray for those people that, that are lost in sin. Pray for those people that are headed those directions. And repent when, it, when anything pops up in our life that needs to be repented of. The result of man's rebellion. Let's be aware of it and stand on what the Bible says is true and right. Every head bowed, every eye closed.